Hello and welcome to the Christchurch Podcast. My name is Grant Caldwell. In this Lenten and Easter season, I'll be joined each week by other pastors on staff as we reflect on New Life Rising, a new devotional by Christianity Today that we'll be reading together churchwide. In this podcast, we'll do as the book's introduction invites us to do, journey through the somber season of Lent, into the dark depths of Good Friday, and out into the marvelous light to Easter and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We'll be led through the landscape of Jesus' homeland and the journey he walks through times of confusion, despair, and hope, and into everlasting joy. On today's show, we'll be looking at the 10th and final chapter in Christianity Today's New Life Rising devotional entitled, The Sobriety of Forever. For this final episode, we're actually going to flip things around and asking me the questions as Christchurch's digital content strategist, Lance Ingram. Lance, welcome. Hey, Grant. Good to be here. So how are you today, man? I'm doing great. Doing great. Well, as you've done to others for the last nine weeks, I think it's time to flip the tables in every way possible. What's your take on Peeps? So, Lance, I actually love Peeps with a burning passion. Get and out. I've been using this podcast as a secret way to figure out who my friend is that I can enjoy Peeps with during the Easter season, and it failed. And so, you know what? Better luck next year. I'm... <laughs> So you secretly work for Peeps is what I you're do. saying. This is all I, a clever advertising campaign on behalf of Peeps. So you're a secret agent yes, on the behalf of Peeps. I, okay. I'm, that's, I, I really want to come clean about that before. I'm glad that you're being confessional at the start before, of this podcast. Before, it's really important. I was hoping it would come out by the end of the 10 weeks. And then now that we're here, I just it's I, I have to share. Well, it's really disappointing in the rest of our staff that they didn't pick up on this sooner. So yeah, I'm, I was being somebody's got to clean up. Somebody. I, I asked the question over and over again. So disappointing, Christchurch staff. Get to, get it together. We'll we'll get them next time. <laughs> no, uh, I actually don't like peeps. Just in transparency, I don't want people to think that I'm weird. No, they're so, gross. They're gross. Yeah, let's just the, let's, let's declare it today. The, the peeps hypothesis are gross. was tested and confirmed that peeps are gross and if you like peeps i'm sorry they're gross there's yeah. just no there's no excuses for peeps yeah. let's be let's there's be real none. None. so we can be serious now and talk about death some some more technically some more. some more yes the final chapter the sobriety forever really deals with a lot of our obsession with death as a culture as people it from the the media and entertainment that we partake in uh, all the way down to just our own obsessive thoughts about the subject of death Grant, why are we so obsessed with death? That is a a great question. It's one that that really struck with me when I was reading it, too. Like on page 60, it says the the paradox lies in the fact that if the conversation is about our own death or that of someone we love, we dodge the subject. But if it's someone else's death we're talking about, we can't look away. And it hit me reading this devotional how true that is, that we're obsessed to watch things happen at a distance but if it gets close to us, we shut down. We can't go there. We don't want to go there. We pretend it's not happening. We spend our whole lives minimizing or living in a digital world where we brush over our weaknesses and our failures. And I think this devotional has actually just been building up on this idea that we, we do everything possible mentally, physically, emotionally to avoid the topic of death when it comes close to us. But then again, it's something that's so connected to humanity that we can't look away. And I think that's one of the reasons we're obsessed with watching anytime there's a new documentary that comes out or anytime there's a new story that comes out. It's like we can't turn our eyes away from it. And, and I think that fuels each other. I think it, it becomes this like 
community spectator thing where we're all watching whatever the next scandal or docu-series or podcast or whatever it is, whatever that next thing is, we just become so wrapped up around it. I can attest to this just, you know, this past weekend, I, I watched, there was a new documentary series about the Boston bombing. And I, even though it was horrifying, I mean, it really is a very edge of your seat kind of thing. And uh, very creepy the way they the production of it and everything but yet I watched it until midnight to see how the story unfolded to see all the behind the scenes stuff and as someone who remembers living through that time putting myself back into those emotions it was kind of an unsettling feeling that I walked away from the series saying why did I do that to myself mm-hmm. why did I lay in bed that night in fear and discomfort reliving those stories yeah but the question is too why is it important for Christians to have a healthy perspective on death? Yeah, I think, and I think it's because of the first question that this one is so important. Like, I think because our culture is so obsessed with death in this weird paradoxical way where we want to talk about it at a distance but not up close, I think it's, in, it's essential for us as Christ followers to be comfortable with it getting up close. Because the reality that this devotional is talking about, this all ten entries, is that, I mean, Death is part of life. It's something that is there. No one escapes it. No one avoids it. And so I think as Christ followers, we have to be willing to enter into this conversation, willing to get close to it, willing to not let it just be a spectator type of thing. It talks about gladiator and that, like not this distant where we watch a movie where death happens or there's this scary show where it happens or... It's something that, no, no, we, we can wrestle with our own mortality. We can wrestle with being present with others in the midst of theirs. Because I think because people are so resistant for it to get close to them, when it does happen to that non-believer, the ability to minister and to serve and to love is huge in those moments. I think it was Tim Keller that talked right after the pandemic about all the different ways that people approach suffering and death. And he talks about how stoicism tries to just put on a brave face and pretend it's not there. And you've got this honor and shame approach to suffering that, that suffering is shameful and weakness and you're supposed to avoid it. And then there's just a secular view of suffering that just says it's just random and chaotic. And he talked about how in all three of these things, there's no hope. And where a Christian view of suffering and death enters into that is that it does, like Paul says in First Thessalonians, which we mentioned earlier in this podcast, that we grieve, we feel the reality of death. It's our enemy. It's not how things are supposed to be. Our bodies were not made for brokenness. They were made for perfection and, and union with Christ and union with God. But death and this brokenness is a reality. And so we grieve that it happens, but we grieve not as those without hope. And so as a Christ follower, being able to enter into these up-close conversations about death with hope and hope that's real and lasting in the person of Jesus is it's essential for us. You know, it all goes back to the very first episode with Jackie where you talk about Welchmerch and just the, the trauma that Memphis has gone through in the last year. I mean, this last year in Memphis has been one of the hardest since I've lived here in the last six, seven years. So it seems to be all coming full circle in a way. Yeah, and to to end with this conversation on death in the midst of Easter season where we're celebrating new life and everything around us is blooming and it's just proof of the tension that we all live in. We all live with this already not yet dynamic with life and death 
that the devotional is talking about that he says at the end this Easter as you experience the world around you I hope is that you consider the day of your death you trust that this theme will lead you to bright horizons but after all what's hovering on that horizon isn't a storm but rather the throngs of saints who have gone before us waiting to welcome us into eternity and so there's just this dynamic that even in our city we have to hold together brokenness and beauty pain and life death and joy all these things at the same time and i think it's i think what we've seen over the past year is the important role that christ followers have to enter into that conversation when everyone else is fleeing when everyone else is running away the christ followers are the ones that are saying we're here we're for this we talked this was back in the pandemic i mean we we live in a city where in the 1800s when the yellow fever spread through memphis it was the church that stayed. It was the church that went in and specifically chose to stay and serve and love. And the city is standing on the the shoulders of those saints that did that. It's what the church has been doing forever. When you look back in early Roman culture, that's what the church did. When plagues happened, when suffering happened, when death happened, when people fled, the church always ran inward. It always ran to use a line from Frederick Bachman, always ran towards the fire. And that's what I think Christ followers have to bring towards the Weltschmerz. We have to be the people that, that run towards the fire in the midst of it. One of, the, one of my favorite stories in the Bible is the story of the transfiguration where Christ takes up his disciples, or a few of his disciples, and they have this magical encounter with God. And the, the thing that I love about that story is what happens afterwards, is they go down, and at the bottom, they encounter the demon-possessed. And to me, it speaks to, the, to just the glory of, like, we have these emotional highs with God, and then we come down, and the realities of life are so in our face. I feel like that is the Easter story in a connection as well, because we have Christ is risen. We have these wonderful services. We have this celebratory moment of Christ is risen. We have a Savior, yet we step outside the church doors, and there's horror. There's terror everywhere we look. Yeah. And, and what's so great about that story, is, and it's kind of funny, it's not funny, it wasn't funny for the disciples, but it's kind of funny when you look at it and you think through how quick we are to minimize our own failures. Like the, the story that happens after, like the disciples just completely fail. Mm-hmm. Like they have this glory moment up on the mountain with the transfigured beauty and splendor of Jesus and then they come down and they just fail at casting out the demon. And Jesus has to tell them, they has to like regroup and rehuddle with them and say, "This you forgot to pray. <laughs> hey guys, you got to pray. And, and so I think for us too, it, it causes us, you know, the, the mindset of like, we're the ones that run towards fire. It's easy to do that triumphantly. We're running towards the fire. We're the church. We're going to be the ones that fix this. And that's not, that's not what I'm trying to say at all. We're the ones coming with the good news of hope of death is real, but so is life. Mm. We're the ones that can come with enough confidence to know that what Easter teaches is true. That We can be confident to rest our whole lives on that, but humble enough to know that everything that happened on Easter morning was just a foretaste of what's coming. So we have enough humility at the same time with it to know we still live in a world of brokenness. The brokenness isn't going to be fixed or solved. We're just meant to serve and labor in the midst of it, bringing the good news and working towards bringing the manifestation of the kingdom of God in the midst of that brokenness 
as we serve and as we love and as we bring hope and as we bring Jesus to places that need it most. The author of this devotional talks about, quote, our dimming earthly eyes actually become clearer as they focus on eternity, end quote. So what are some of the ways that we can practically do that? Yeah, and that that quote's on 61, and he ties that with the verses that this devotional talks about in 2 Corinthians 4. And I think that's that's it, fixing our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen, since what's seen is temporary, but what's unseen is eternal. And I think for us, we have to fix our eyes on the eternal, unseen things in our lives. We have to make those the clearest reality, even though we can't see them, but we have, have to have such a forward focused mindset that it shapes our present. I think it was Russell Moore that said this, that we have to approach life with the mindset that the worst thing that could possibly happen has already happened. We died. We were dead in our sins. We were dead in our sins and we died. But the best thing has already happened too. We've been raised to life with Christ. Now we're a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. And we get to live out of that freedom. And so I think living out of that freedom, we have to have enough of a mindset on eternal heavenly things that it shapes the way we live. And it's easy to do that in like the big things of, well, it's going to mean I'm going to do this large overarching thing. And I think the challenge is not just the big things, but like the small things. When you arrive at work today, if you're listening to this in the morning, or when you arrive back at home tonight, if you're on your way home, if you're listening to this, working out or walking next time you're back with fan like when you arrive there what are going to be the ways that you change the way you're living based on this unseen reality of glory and heaven and new life that shapes a small interaction uh, and i think that's what the church needs to be looking more towards so you've had 10 different conversations about the topics of new life rising so what do you think is the main point that we're supposed to walk away with now that this devotional is wrapping up yeah, I, th- I think it is those little, you know, it's as, as I've had different conversations with different members of our staff, I feel like themes of small acts of love keeps coming up. Mm. I feel like this mindset of taking Weltschmerz or taking this uh, despair and not taking it inward towards focusing on self, not taking it external towards performance, but taking it towards service and love and taking it towards really, truly seeking God's kingdom and the manifestation of it. I, th- I think that's where we're meant to be leaving this. We've studied it's a longer devotion. I mean, we're, we're here post-Easter. Many devotionals just go towards Lent and end on Easter Sunday. This one's carried us onward a few weeks. And I think it's good for us to do that because it's pushed us towards resurrection living and it's pushed us towards, like, exactly what you said, life after Easter service on Sunday morning, which means living in this kind of resurrection-style life of hope in the midst of brokenness. Uh, and I think that's what this devotional is calling us all towards. And it reflects the ascension as well. It's just his final command was go. Yeah. And I think that's kind of a good way to kind of wrap this up in a way is just go. Yeah, that's kind of the, my last question is for someone who's finished this devotional and wondering what's next. What's your encouragement for them? I think you just gave it. Go. <laughs> um, you know, we talked about this a few weeks ago at, at the Next Steps gathering. It's just this mindset of in the Christian life, it's good to have rhythms of learning 
and then rhythms of service. And, and I think the beauty in the church calendar is that those are built in. I mean, we have Lent and Advent as these seasons of preparation, as these seasons of focusing directly and intensely on two of Jesus's major defining life events, his birth and his death and resurrection. And I think we have these seasons to do that, to prepare us for something else. And so I think the encouragement is to, to go, to look for those small acts of service, to look at what resurrection life looks like in the midst of brokenness, to do something with the Weltschmerz you feel this summer, to reach out to Nathan Cook, our missions pastor, and speak with him about it. This devotional has done such a good job And I don't even think I was ready for how good of a job this devotional was going to do and really causing us to wrestle with our inner lives and really wrestle with our drive and our performance and our desire to fix things and our desire to hurry, 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 go, 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 go. And it's just caused us, I think, all to really stop, which sounds ironic that I'm saying go, go, go again. But I think that Go, go, go is different because you're remembering that the go is not to earn something, it's to respond to something. It's not to earn and achieve this resurrection power. It's, no, no, again, you've died to your sins. You're a new creation. You're being conformed into the image of Christ, as Roman 8 says. Part of being conformed is to go, and that's the excitement and joy that we get to go and do. Well, Grant, on behalf of all the listeners, and myself included, for the last 10 weeks, thank you for leading this devotional this podcast thank you for the time and effort you've put into preparing for the the staff that we talked to but thank you for leading this yep thanks lance it's a joy to be in the other seat the room looks uh, very different from this side in christ church again thank you so much for listening to our discussion on christianity today's new life rising i want to thank you for listening along with us week by week through conversations on life on death and of course on our universal shared dislike of peeps Until next time, continue to take up and read church. We'll see you around.